Welcome to the Rory Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have an awesome interview for you guys today with Bryant Football's O-line coach and run game coordinator, Coach Steven Siassi. And I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports-focused podcast where we'll deep dive into our college, high school, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rodeo Runback, episode 13. And I have an awesome interview for you guys today with Bryant Football's O-line coach and run game coordinator, Coach Steven Siassi. It was a lot of fun talking to Coach about his playing career, his decision to get into coaching, and his time at Bryant. Just an awesome interview overall with Coach Steven Siassi. He's a real one. Uh, so much fun talking to him about his career. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to have him back on the show. But before we get into the interview... Just a reminder to all you guys that you can watch all our interviews on YouTube and you can, by searching The Roadie Runback. Don't forget to subscribe to the uh, to our YouTube channel as well. Or if you are driving or working or you know doing anything where you can't watch the interview, stay tuned here. And remember to subscribe to our, our podcast wherever you listen to our podcast. That's really greatly appreciated. We really appreciate uh, you fans and everything that you guys have done for us and just the growth of the podcast has been absolutely amazing in the past like two to three months and it's continuing to grow and so much fun so exciting so can't thank you guys enough out there so just remember to hit the subscribe button hit unsubscribe resubscribe do what you gotta do but yeah thank you guys again so much so here here is the interview with coach siasi the o-line and run game coordinator at bryant university all right ready yep all right on today's podcast i welcome on a special guest he is the offensive lineman coach the run game coordinator and recruiting coordinator for bryant football he is coach steven siasi i probably messed it up <laughs> Did oh, I get it? Perfect. All, right. all right nailed it all right cool so it's siasi coach siasi how are you today doing awesome how about you i'm doing pretty well how are you holding up during these uh weird times with everything that's going on Doing better, you know, doing well, you know, enjoying Rhode Island and just happy our guys are back on campus. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. What's it like having the team back on campus? They're doing a lot of testing and everything. Yeah, so we're very extensive. Our guys get tested twice a week um, at the beginning of the week and then uh, right before the weekend. Um, the school has done an unbelievable job investing in this. So, like, we get the results back within anywhere from, like, 12 to 18 hours. So, by the next morning, the latest, you have your results back. Um, so, they work directly with our trainers, the staff, everyone. So, we've been – it's been smooth sailing uh, since our guys have gone back. But, no, it's very strict with it, um, you know, and all the protocols. We got a lot of protocols in place so we can work out and do all the stuff. So, that's awesome. That's great to hear that, and it's great the school is doing what's best to protect you, you guys, the coaches, and uh, the players, and looking out for what's best for everyone. And uh, it's going to be great that you guys are able to work out and still get get some practice time in and do what you got to yep. do. Yeah, that's that's the best part. <laughs> uh, so before uh, we talk about Brian, I want to get into your career. Um, you know, first I want to know when did you start playing football? And was there like a position that you really wanted to play before you ended up becoming an offensive lineman? <laughs> yeah. So I was at, I was one of those kids. Um, so I was born down in North Carolina, uh, but kind of my family moved a lot. So I moved up to Maryland and Pennsylvania, and, um, which is where I did my high school ball. So like everywhere I lived, they had the weight leagues. So I was always a big kid. So I was too heavy to play football. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't start playing football till sixth grade. I thought I was going to be an ice hockey player. 
played that my whole life. Yeah. And uh, did ice hockey, did basketball, did a very little baseball for like a year and hated it. Um, <laughs> sixth grade was the first time I started playing Mother Divine Providence. Uh, so, oh, wow. And it was, it was awesome. And I, I got hooked. Um, I always wanted to be a lineman because I love checking people in ice hockey. Uh, yeah, so right. I, I just I was never interested in catching a ball or you know scoring touchdowns or anything like that. So I knew I wanted to play on the line scrimmage. So it so just carried, carried right over for you. No it carried right over for me. I knew, well, wasn't even interested in playing on defense, even though I did. So I just like hitting people. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, that's also I feel like Coach Murphy. We, we did speak about. It. I think like he said the same thing. It was just like to hit people. And yeah, like, that's. Yep. I feel like this is a very football guy answer. It's a very football fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking to some basketball players and they're like, once I get hit, I was like, I'm staying with basketball. That was <laughs> <laughs> But you know, you grew up and then you ended up playing in college ball. How did you decide going to Wagner? Yeah, so it was actually a really, you know, unique situation where um I didn't have my recruitment uh in high school was not great. Uh, I was actually committed to a school and uh, wanted to be in my spot, got pulled late in the process. So I wound up actually walking on at uh, Temple University for a year. Nice. Um, kind of went in with the mindset that, you know, I was going to do it, see if I liked it. I was kind of at crossroads in my life. Um, after a year there, you know, the coaches were unbelievable people. I learned so much in the year I was there. You know, financially, I kind of had a decision to make, and I was kind of looking to see what I could do, and I decided to to kind of wing it really late. On August 1st, I decided to, to transfer. Wow. Uh, I redshirted, and uh, Wagner out of the blue, uh, <laughs> Coach Coach, uh, Coach Haas, uh, who's now the O-line coach at Colgate University, called me and just said, why don't you come up to this spot? I never heard of Wagner or anything like that. And uh, one up touring, he offered me a scholarship, uh, packed my bags, got dropped off, in a dorm uh, that had no lights and uh, just went right into camp. So very unique. Um, I loved it. You know, I, 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 one thing I take out of that, I just tell everyone is like, you see a lot of young guys, you know, they don't have offers and stuff out of high school, like go play college football somewhere. You'll never regret it. And that was the big, big thing I kind of took from that whole situation. That's awesome. That's so cool that how it all worked out for you. Like the, you know, not being recruited, but it's crazy. You also walked onto a D one school and, still able, like, was still able to play college football at Wagner. It's, that's that's amazing. And, like, you know, that time at Wagner, you guys, like, what's how does that develop you into the football player you became? So much. I was I was so lucky. I got there. I got to spend four years because I redshirted my first year in college. So I had four years at Wagner. And um, the strength coach that we had, uh, Coach Brandon Beach, did such an unbelievable job with our team and developing us. And, you know, and Coach Haas, our offensive line coach, did – he kind of shaped the way I kind of coached the game. And, you know, it was just con- – it was four years of constant learning. Yeah. Um, and then that, that, that playing at Wagner, the team was a very diverse team. We had guys from all over the country, especially from down south, like Florida, Georgia area. Um, so I had never kind of – played with guys like that so it just opened up avenues and friendships and life friendships and brothers that I have now oh that's awesome so it was it was very unique school and very awesome place you know we wound up having a really good good career there and wound up being a, a very good team my senior year championship team so it was awesome that's awesome I was gonna say now what was that like that feeling to win that and you won the championship what's that what's that feeling like you know coming out emerging champions it was 
I tell everyone, I was lucky enough to win my senior year as a player. It was the biggest relief off my shoulders and all of us. Anyone that talks about that team, like, we all came in. It was a big class that kind of came in in 2009 12. We won the league, won some playoffs, won a playoff game. And just that, that had been our constant goal, you know. So it was uh, unbelievable, you know, brought your recognition of the school, playing with your brothers, and just, just ho hoisting that trophy up. It, it's, it's awesome. There's that's nothing awesome. like it. Yeah. That's, so, that's so cool. And did you, do you have a ring for it? I do. Do you, I do. do you have it on yeah. now or no? Or... I don't. I actually, um, I give all my rings to my mom because oh. she's actually, uh, she's never missed a game in her life. So like, whether it's playing or coaching, she always goes to every game. So whenever I get a ring, I got two, one from a player at Wagner, one from coaching, and then one from the bowl game at FIU. I give them all to my mom. I, uh, she takes care of them for me, but I tell her those are hers as much as they're mine. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's a cool thing. Kind yeah. of cool thing I like to do. That's such a cool, that's such a really cool thing. And that's, you know, your mom's biggest supporter and biggest fan of yours. And, you know, that's, that's awesome that you're able to give her those and, you know, to say what you just said, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And then what's also, you also, your senior, you earned first team honors. Like, you know, how much hard work did that, how much, like, how great did that feel? And like, well, how much hard work do you feel like you put in to earn that? A lot of long practice sessions. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing about it, I always tell guys, I couldn't have gotten it without the other other old linemen. Like, it was a collective group. Like, you can be a great offensive lineman, but if you're on a bad old line, you're not – people aren't going to, like, look at you or give you recognition because the stats, the offense are going to be awful. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was awesome. You know, I, I loved it. And it was kind of unique. I'd always, it was always, it's something like if you ask any, if you ask any com true competitor, they're going to tell you they want to win a title first with their teammates. But anyone that says they don't want to win all conference honors or something, they'd be lying to you. <laughs> yeah. So I loved it. I was lucky enough. I was able to play all five positions on the O-line in college. So it just gave me a different, unique perspective. So that, that's so. great. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's such a, got to be such a great feeling. Now for, I'm not, I don't know anything about offensive line. I only played Madden a couple times. I played Madden and NCAA football <laughs> 13. <laughs> still, still my recruiting process on that, on uh, NCAA yep. 13. But what's it like being like, you know, on the O-line, like besides just blocking, what, what do you guys have to be aware of? Like what's, what's, what's like one thing that people don't know about the O-line? Yeah. I, you know, the biggest thing is like, you know, the age-old perception, right, you got to be big. You know, O-linemen are, like, big, dumb, slow. You know, they're just covering people up. It, completely opposite. You, you, Other than the quarterback, and I'll argue equal to the quarterback depending on the offense, you are the smartest player on the field. Like, you have to be if you're a good, old, if you're a good offensive line because so much happens. When you take the physical side, the game is so fast up front in the trenches. Yeah. And the guys that handle that the best are the guys that are really smart because by really I tell all linemen that I coach by your junior year, the game slows down if you're smart. Like you process things quicker. You see things faster on the field. You know, you see safety coverages, shells, and it tells you you're going to know what the defense is going to do because of it. Um, that to me is the biggest thing. And then the second thing is the amount of work you have to put in flexibility-wise to be a great offensive lineman. Um, if you're a big kid in high school, I tell guys that's so far, so much more important than it is getting strong and bigger. Like everyone, you know, they see rosters, they want to get bigger, get flexible. 
that and the knowledge of the game are the two biggest things to me that make make you whether you're a good lineman or not. Wow, that's that's awesome. And do you also like work with your quarterback to help see, hunt, see things and stuff yeah. like that as well? We meet we meet with them all off season, every week uh, in season. You know, we're we're meeting with them to go over blitzes, to go over run game checks. You know, every they they need to be they are an extension of the O line and vice versa. Like you know, the quarterback. A great quarterback is going to know everything the old line knows. He's going to know your combo calls. He's going to know your points. You know, he's going to know how to put you guys in the best position to protect himself. So, so it, it's so tied to it. That's awesome. That's crazy. Now, do you get now? Did your quarterback ever take you out to dinner? I'm going to give a shout out. Nick Dosher, my quarterback in college for four years at Wagner. Nick would take us to Jimmy Max Pizzeria Friday nights before games if we did well. So. <laughs> I, will, uh, I will always appreciate that. It's the best pizza in the world, and he introduced me to it. And um, yeah, no, you better be a friend of those guys up front because they're uh, they are killing themselves for you every week. So. Yeah, and that's right. Well, shout out Nick for always treating you guys out the Jimmy Max Pizza. That's awesome. That's great. And now, after you finish your playing career, what's it like? What's your decision to get into coaching? Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to coach. Um, even when I was a little kid, when I, before you really start thinking about that type of thing in life, um, my uncle coaches uh, in college. He's the offensive line coach, Stephen Sonier, at the University of West Florida. Oh, wow. um, D2 program, won the national title last year at D2. He's an unbelievable coach. Wow. And when I was a little kid, uh, my parents brought me to a game. He was coaching at an NAI program, Malone College out in Ohio. Okay. And, uh, I just remember, like, after the game, it was, like, a really cold fall day, but a beautiful day. You know, he he took me in the locker room, and I'm I'm probably like I don't know at the time, seven years old, eight years old, and there's these giant human beings walking around, like deferring to my uncle, like listening to him, on, you know, on the field and in the locker room, like respecting him and talking to him. And I just remember being in like awe, like like how is my uncle like commanding that type of attention? And then, you know, the feedback the players were giving him just I, I loved every everything. I loved all of it. So like from that time, I was like a little kid, like I want to do something. I thought I'd do uh, high school coaching, but um, by my end of my time as a player, you know, I got hooked into going into college because I used to think the biggest thing, biggest impact you could make was being a high school coach, helping a kid get to college, seeing teammates uh, get done playing football and not know what to do with their life um, and just kind of being like, it's over guys that didn't make it to the league and stuff. Um, and how crushing that was and how guys just didn't have a plan. I figured being, getting into college coaching, I could help guys make a bigger impact with that. So that was a big design factor for me between college and high school. Um, wow. That's, that's, that makes you just like an amazing person because I think a lot of people don't really think about that aspect either, you know, the fact that, that people don't really think about guys that, who don't make the league, they don't know what to do with the life. Everyone kind it of is, they're set. It is the tough – I tell every guy, I try to prep guys from the freshman year on about this. I, it is the toughest thing in the world when you go from your whole life playing football to not playing it. Like it, it, it's, it's a hole that even as a coach, you know, some days you struggle to like kind of fill and, you know, it's, so like you got to, you got to prepare guys for that. Not enough is done. I think in the profession to do that, to be honest. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing that, you know, you know, Brian has you and, you know, kids that you've had coached in the past have had you to prepare them for those situations because I feel like it's a lot, a lot of kids. I don't think kids who are coming up in college or coming into the college level, I think they don't really 
prepare themselves for that situation at all because they all think they're going to the league or something. Oh, yeah. Some point or another, everyone does. Doesn't matter what level you play. Yeah, exactly. I thought I was going to the NBA in like ten, and like when I was ten, and then I right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had an opportunity. I had a, I had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Chances is there. <laughs> right. So I was kidding when I was 10 years old, and then I just stopped growing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, so your first job was at your alma mater at Wagner, right? Yep. And at what? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. And what's that, what's that like? What, what's it like just going from going to the field and then going right into coaching? It, you know, it's challenging. Um, I was very lucky. Coach Hamline, my head coach, is still the AD at Wagner. Um, the only man that ever gave me a scholarship. So like, I, I love that man and I'm so loyal to him. You know, he told me when I told him going into my junior year, I'd start telling him like, Hey, I want to get into coaching. And he was like, okay, we're well, going to have to go coach somewhere else. You know? And his whole thought thing that he kind of told me, he sat me down the one day going into my senior year. He was like, he's like, I don't let former players start coaching right away where I'm at. Cause you got former teammates, you know, you got guys that you were just, you know, you play a game and it's a Saturday night, you're going out in the city with them. And now all of a sudden you're going to be coaching them. Like, you know, and it's like, but I kind of kept wearing him on it, wearing him on it. And then wound up, you know, playing the playoffs, beating Colgate. And then we lost Eastern Washington in the second round of the FCS playoffs. And we got back, it was like 6 a.m. And like, as I'm walking off the plane, I just told him, I was like, I'll be in the office next week to start coaching. <laughs> I, to this day, I don't really know why he accepted it, but like he, he texted me like, you know, Monday was like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll get your GA paperwork started. So um, it was awesome. Um, you know, you really do go from being a brother with your teammates to like it, that ends if you coach at the same school. Um, I do think it gave me some unique perspective in the transition from playing to coaching is totally different than what I had ever thought it'd be. You work far more as a coach than you do as a player. My former teammates that don't coach are going to tell me it's a lie. It's not true. Um, but you work so much more. Um, but it was awesome getting to work with guys that I played with. It was awesome just being in an assistant O-line role, learning from another O-line coach and learning from the OC. So it was, it was an awesome experience transitioning into that. That's so – that's that's really cool. Is there, like, ever a moment where you just want to, like, suit up and get in? I struggled with it my first my first year really bad. Like, like when a guy would mess up, I'd want to just be like, give me the damn helmet. Like, you know, like – and. <laughs> can't like you gotta teach them so no it, it's you know it, it was definitely a struggle yeah I can yeah. I can imagine especially being like fresh right out right out of there like especially yeah. fresh right out of college you're just like this could be I'll suit up uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's correct not, not to feel like that way um and then don't you like so when you're at Wagner too don't you you make the switch to the d-line and special teams as well yeah so and I um I, I was two years there at, at Wagner, assistant O-line. Then my second year, um, I was tackles tight ends coach. We won a share of the NEC title, and then my GA time was up. So I actually left Wagner for a year. I took a full-time job coaching the offensive line at Pace University. Oh, wow. uh, D2 in Westchester, New York. Got to work for Andy Rondo, uh, head coach who's done an incredible job in college football. Not enough people talk about what he's done there at Pace, turning that program into what it was to the winning program and culture it is now. And uh, he taught me the most about recruiting than anyone I've ever worked for um, and how detailed you have to be in it. And then I came back to Wagner after a year there, um, flipped completely to defense side ball, coaching D-line, and then uh, special teams coordinator. So 
It was very unique. Uh, I found I got the call from Coach Haas, who was the head, who became the head coach um, my the year before, uh, July July twentieth. He called me, and I'm getting ready for camp at Pace. You know, O line. He's like, "Hey, you're I'm, I'm going to offer you full time job. Come back and be the D line coach, special teams coordinator, recruiting coordinator." Wow. And I was like, do you, do you mean O-line coach? He's like, no, D-line special teams. And I was like, huh. And I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, so I had two weeks to get ready for camp. Had never coached any of those positions. It was awesome. Did that for two years. And uh, I learned more football being on that side of the ball than I ever thought I would. That's, I was going to say, like, how important is that part of your coaching career to get that other perspective on the other side of the ball? Huge. Uh, I would tell anyone that can coach, coach opposite of what you want to coach early in your career if you can it's just going to teach you so much. That's where I learned coverages. Uh, you know, you learn blitz, run fits, you know, every, everything on defense I never care about. And then the coolest thing about the special teams, you know, special teams, I would do it again, but I, I personally, I don't want to, I want to just do a line my whole life, but you know, the coolest thing about special teams isn't the actual like teams. It, it went from me having to coach guys in the trenches and I had coached tight ends before, which is kind of the same thing you know, with a little bit more skill set. But you got to coach DBs now. You got to coach receivers, running backs, guys that are on your special teams units that really you never interact with. Yeah. As a, like a O-line, D-line coach. So that was unique. Like I'm, you know, I'm in a special teams meeting room with like 20 DBs. And like, I never really talk to these kids other than like, hey, it's good to see you. I hope you're doing well, family. Yeah. And, you know, these kids are asking me questions. It was awesome. So right. like, that was cool. That, that was really, that's what I love the most about coaching the special teams. That's really cool. So you get to like experience the uh, whole different side of the whole different everything. That's awesome. That's that's great. I mean, like it broadens your career, and like you said, it's it's great to learn the other side of the ball, and like just it, I'm sure it expands your knowledge of the game, and oh yeah, way more than ever. Right? It was awesome. That that's so cool. That's really cool. And now you go to FIU, which is a big like it's pretty big Division One school down in Miami, uh, Florida. What's it like going down to FIU and being a part of the, like a division one school and coaching that, that offensive line down there? Yeah. So it was, um, it was unbelievable. So like, are you familiar with how like graduate assistant roles work and all that? Yeah. 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 So like I knew I was coming at the end of my clock. So you only have seven years to be a one age uh, division one GA. And um, I wanted to get back to offensive line as much as I love being full-time, you know, coordinator, the whole deal. And uh, the O-line coach at FIU, Alan Mogridge, um, is an older brother to me, an incredible mentor and friend. And um, I had just kind of been hitting up all these Division One A schools, trying to reach out, you know, like, hey, I'm on a GA, I got time on my clock. And I was getting – the responses I kept getting was, you know, like, you're a full-time coach at the Division I AA level and a coordinator. Why are you trying to, like, take a massive pay cut to be a GA? Yeah. And uh, so, like, I was getting frustrated. I wound up just calling Coach Mo. I was like, yeah, so, you know, do you know anyone that's looking for one? He's like, he's like, heck, yeah, bro. Like, come on down. And I literally – I flew down on a Thursday. I interviewed with Coach Davis. They offered it to me. I flew back, got back to my apartment, packed everything, drove down to Florida. Two days later, we started spring ball. So, like – First week, I had no clue what I was doing or what the scheme was or anything. But it was it's so cool because I got to work for a legend in Butch Davis. Yep. Who 
the amount of knowledge that man has is incredible. Like I got like 20 notebooks in a box in my office here, just like just every staff meeting, writing stuff down for him. Uh, got to work with incredible offensive staff. Rich Skrosky, the offense coordinator, he's had a top 25 offense in college football multiple years. Uh, he's become a huge mentor to me. And Coach Harris, the run backs coach. Coach Aubrey Hill, who passed away, Sally, receivers coach. Uh, coach Drew Davis, co uh, Coach Davis' son, tight ends coach. And you just go from, like, thinking you know everything, like being a full-time coach for a few years, to – being the dumbest guy in the room. And that was awesome to me. And I loved it. And so I learned so much. I was there one year. We had the best year in school history. I got to just learn from all these guys. And um, I, I recommend anyone that, that has the ability to GA, do it. It's very tough financially. Like, you know, a lot of the situations aren't great. So it is a sacrifice. And yeah. it does cost you a lot to do, you know. So, but it was awesome. I learned more football in that one year than I did in my previous five coaching. So combined so that's so cool and i like the fact that you said you like i liked being the dumbest person in a room because you could like just learn so much more like that's crazy that yep. you're learning more on top of already being a, like you already had like a defensive like you said like you're a full-time coach already and you, but you're learning a ton more like sitting in this room with these guys right that's that's crazy and how did you like you know how does it feel your o-line was ranked nationally you only let let up eight sacks in a season you're ranked third nationally what what's that feeling like did you know that stat or like coming in yeah no it was you know they were we were using it down there recruiting quite a bit we were recruiting <laughs> old linemen so um no it was it was so awesome because we had coach mo did such a good job and he he was awesome because like a lot of times when you ga you can go GA and you're doing a lot of, you know, the, the scout cars, the film breakdown, all that. And you're kind of just there to like help the guy what he needs. Coach Mo trusted me enough. Like he would give me centers and guards most of the season. So like I coached my own group. He coached his. We come together. We collaborate. But he taught me everything. So like there wasn't a single thing he did at like earlier in the morning. If we practice at 8 a.m., 5 a.m., him and I were in his office and he was teaching me why we were going to do that in practice. Like this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Here's why we're going to do it, Steve. And I would ask him questions, and he'd answer it. And it was the same thing in recruiting. It was the same thing in X's and O's football, off-season techniques, everything. Um, so it was incredible in that aspect. And that it was just a year of as good as we were learning from an O-line coach who was a million times better than I am. And it was awesome. And what I learned down there was how important, like the sacks, like after the season, every – all these schools were hitting up coach, you know, Mo and coach Skrosky, like, you know, could we come down and study? Like, you know, we would love to know why you give up eight sacks. We give up eight sacks because the offense coordinator, coach Skrosky taught those quarterbacks the importance of understanding what the O-line was doing, why they were doing it, how he was going to get protected. So like our past concepts made that the success we had. I tell everyone that, you know, we were, we did what was best for our players and that put us in situations to be successful. So it's nothing that we did. Like, we didn't create this pass protection or anything like that that, that did it. it. It was an overall offensive group, and Coach Gross and Coach Moe just being phenomenal. That's that's amazing. That's great. And it's amazing that you put the players in the situation to be successful, and they, they took it and ran with it and, you know, really put uh, FIU on the map on the offensive slide and, and, like, taking those guys to a bowl game as well, too. What's, what's it like being in that? 
playing in the bowl game. What's the atmosphere like? What's what's that all about? It was – I've only done one bowl game my whole life, and ours was in the Bahamas. So that was uh, – I would say this. Our players had probably an incredible time. I know they, I know they did. Um, <laughs> as a staff, we had a great time. But Coach Davis made it known very early in the week we were there to win the game. So um, we had some good nights, though, as a staff. I won't lie. We, we had some fun. Um, it was incredible. It was different. Like, I never experienced anything like that playing in the FCS Bowl. You know, I thought you know, the coolest thing to me was going to the FCS playoffs, traveling and play teams and all that. Um, a bowl game is kind of – the way I would describe it is it's like a week of celebrating with close friends and family, your, you know, your players, your fellow coaches, because a lot – you're not going to be in that situation again in life. So it's kind of like this cool vacation where at the end of it, there's a football game. Yeah. Um, so it was neat, like – we did stuff with our guys because we knew it was the last time, like the four seniors we had were going to be together. And um, and the Bahamas was incredible. I mean, they did that bowl game is phenomenal. I, I hope everyone, if you, if you coach ball, you, you want to do that bowl game. Okay. <laughs> awesome. so, Damn, I got to get into coaching now. Our football ops guy had a tough time going through customs and dealing with all that. I didn't, have, I didn't envy him that week. So really? oh, no. yeah, that was a nightmare, but we were good. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's really cool. Now, did you guys win? If you don't mind me asking, we did. No, we did. Crazy wow. game. We uh, we did. We we were down ten nothing with like in it like. Uh, Three minutes in the game, we were down 10 nothing. We muffed, like, a kickoff return, turned the ball over, and, you know, it was like, oh, oh, boy. Like, and uh, we battled back, and Coach Grosky did an unbelievable job to play the uh, play calling and the game plan. And the guys, the players, I mean, they just did. Uh, it's very easy to get distracted in a bowl week, like, and not really care about the actual bowl. Like, you know, you've got so many distractions, being on the resort like we were in Nassau. Um, but our guys did an unbelievable job, and that was awesome. So that was that was an unbelievable experience. That's awesome. So that's one hell of a vacation you had down in the Bahamas. Yes, you, you enjoyed, had some fun, and then you also came out being a champion on top of it. Yep. <laughs> that's that's absolutely amazing. <laughs> so now I want to ask, what was your decision to come to Bryant? We're happy to have you. I mean, I'm not Bryant, but like Rhode Island's happy to have you. Bryant, I'm sure Brian's happy to have you be a part of the, the team and everything like that. So what, what's the decision to come to Bryant? So I had, um, I had had a previous connection with Coach Merritt, our head football coach here. Um, I had played with a few of his former players at Columbus High School at Wagner. Yep. And then um, there was a couple guys in the FIU roster that, you know, we were coaching that were from Columbus. And then I had recruited Florida and knew him through USA football and a bunch of other things. So Chris and I have known each other since 2013. So we've known each other quite a bit of time. Um, he reached out to me right before the bowl game, kind of called me and said, hey, I'm interviewing for Bryant. Uh, if I get it, you know, I'm really interested in you being the O-line coach. So I was kind of like shocked. I didn't know he was up for the job. So I was like, okay, so you keep me in touch. He actually wound up coming down to the Bahamas uh, when it was still up in the air. You know, he had interviewed. He was waiting here back because he was doing a USA football clinic there for uh, one of the charity events we were doing. Him and I kind of talked a little bit down there. And then uh, he wound up getting it after we won the bowl game. Uh, he interviewed me, uh, over the holiday break. Um, I kind of sat, you know, thought about it, talked to coach Davis, coach, coach Brosky, uh, coach Mo. And to me, I knew Bryant well, like I played at Wagner. Um, yeah. Bryant was a school we did not like, uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's two different types of schools and two different programs. Um, so like 
I knew there was going to be quite some heat if I took the job from my former teammates and alumni. Um, but I knew what Bryant was. I knew about its academic success, uh, how elite the academics are here, uh, the tradition of the football program, even though it's a relatively young program in terms of age, the winning culture they had here, the facilities, and just the student athlete support. And so I kind of put it all together. You know, I called Coach Merritt. Uh, you know, I, I took the job. Um, Kind of similar when I moved down to Florida, a little different though. I packed up my car. It was 85 degrees when I left January 9th. I got to Bryant like January 11th and it was like eight degrees. <laughs> oh, man. The coldest day in like years. And I, I remember just being like, oh my God, like this is Rhode Island. Like, yeah. oh my God. Um, welcome to New England, brother. <laughs> right. Welcome to New England. I never lived this far north. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I know. But um, it was awesome. I love it. And I love this place. And it's, it's uh, kind of going back to what I said, why you get into coaching, to help guys when they're done uh, playing football. Bryant is a school that truly prepares those kids for life after college. Like, you know, we've had 100% graduation rate um, and full-time job placement for the football team for, I think, like going on eight, 10 years now. Wow. Um, like they do everything in their power here to make sure that, you you are walking, we tell all our players and everyone we recruit, you are walking on stage with a degree and a job already in hand. And um, they do so much here with the academic sport, Sue Pressler, um, and our compliance and everyone. You know, they do such a good job here to just kind of help you take that next step in life. And so I love working for a school like that. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that school, well, Brian's very lucky to have you, and I'm sure Coach Merritt's very lucky to have you too as their offensive line and coach. Sounds like you've are just a football guy with a ton of like, you know, coming in with some great knowledge and learning from some great coaches in the past. I want to ask, you know, how has like COVID affected you and your guys? Like, I don't know if you can answer that, but um, yeah, I, you know, like, you know, what's it like also having like a fall? I, coach Mary mentioned this too. What's it like having a fall, not like being able to coach football right away too? Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's been uh it's been unique. Like when we left in March, you know, it was kind of like one of those things like, you know, we broke for spring. We had our team lift Friday, right for spring break. We were juiced up, excited. You know, we were going to be gone for a week, come back, spring bowl, the whole deal. And, you know, you've been hearing whispers about COVID. And, you know, there was like, I think like the first case of it in Rhode Island, but you heard mostly what was happening in Seattle, New York. And then I think like the night we all knew like it was serious was like when the NBA canceled. I think everyone remembers that night, right? When yeah. players walked, everyone walked off the court and they ended the NBA. And I was actually down in Florida visiting FIU, doing professional development, visiting my uncle in West Florida. And I remember just seeing that and be like, oh my gosh, like, you know. So we wound up getting back. We never saw our players again until literally three weeks ago. Wow. So we – we, we immediately switched, though, uh, online learning. So we were meeting with our guys about two times, two, three times a week uh, via Zoom. Yeah. Uh, the classes, Bryan University did a phenomenal job of switching immediately to online learning. Um, you know, we wound up doing workout stuff with our guys. Coach Buck, uh, our head strength conditioning coach here, Coach Buckley, uh, designed an awesome program to help guys because most of our team didn't have a gym, uh, like most of America, for the first couple months of this. And so we just kept our guys engaged. You know, whether it was installing stuff we're going to run here at Bryant. Um, you know, I did a lot of having, like, guest speakers come talk to my guys. Um, you know, former old lineman that played for me, um, uh, Angus Reed, who was an all-CFL player, spoke. Just different things to get our guys engaged. And then, you know, when a lot of the social justice 
you know, issues kind of came about this summer. We kind of shifted gears and talked a lot more about that, you know. Yeah. I had a few former players of mine that are involved in law enforcement kind of come and talk to the guys. And, you know, we did a lot more stuff with the team kind of talking about, you know, what can we do to actually get better? Um, you know, it feels like five years of stuff has happened in like the however many months it's been since March, right? And I know, so, it's crazy. Um, but now we're in a little bit of a normal now getting, like I said, our guys are back on campus. Um, you know, the, the, the positive of all this, I really explored Rhode Island. Like my first year here, I was so like, just getting the team ready, you know, installing, recruiting, and you know, I really, I have fallen in love with this state. I mean that, like it is unbelievably beautiful. Uh, I love the ocean. I love the fishing. I'm a big fishing guy and the fishing here has been phenomenal, uh, especially up where I live in Northern Rhode Island in the Slayersville area. Um, but that has been awesome. So like, you know, right now, a fall without football, it's, you know, it's busy training. It's busy doing professional development, studying other programs. Um, same with my players, like having them study other people. You know, eventually we will progress to practicing. And then um, trying to do safe, fun stuff with the guys. Like yeah. last week, we went surfing in Narragansett private lessons. The oh, whole, that's really cool. The whole line was awesome. So, yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, How do they know, do? Different things. How do they do on the surfing? Surprisingly, uh, my right tackle, Finn Littlefield, was incredible. So was my left tackle, Mike Andreco. I was awful. Uh, <laughs> I think I rode one way for 0.5 of a second. And, um, but they were good. Like, surprisingly, for a bunch of, like, 300-pound guys, like, you know, we had our own little area of the beach. Like, we made sure we, you know, we isolated ourselves from everyone's social distance, wore masks, the whole deal. But, like, yeah, you know, people were like – it was down there again. People were like, who the heck is this, like, crew of, like, 16 guys walking around? It's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, everyone's like, who are these guys? Who are these guys? Very pale-looking guys, you know. No, you can tell not a lot of my guys have been to the beach this summer. So, but that was awesome. That's so. so cool. That's really cool. That's that's awesome you got to, like, experience that and, you know, do the player development and, you know, um, professional development and just have those experiences and talk about those, like, the social justice things. Yep. That's just absolutely amazing, Coach, that you were able to – put all this stuff together. Um, if you don't mind me, at, are you, aren't you like, you're like 30, 28? 30. 30, 30 years old. So you're like, I'm 33, but you're just, you are a much, very mature 30-year-old, like handling every situation. It, it's crazy. It, you know, you don't really, uh, you know, I don't know. I know some 30-year-olds, but you're, you're like, you're way above and beyond. No, I'm, I'm uh, my best friends would say and my family that I'm, uh, I'm much older than my years. Yeah, you know, yeah I, I probably yeah. don't look thirty either. <laughs> <laughs> no, you so, do great, but you do amazing things. So that's that's awesome. And like I mentioned, Brian's just very lucky to have you. Um, you know, and what's one? I'm lucky to be here. Yeah, so I'm lucky to be here. It's a it's a win win situation. I think on both ends. Uh, I'm sure Coach Merritt's very happy to have you as well too. Um, but what's one thing that you're looking forward to this upcoming season, or you know, looking forward to what if you you know playing in fall winter spring i don't know <laughs> yeah no um just seeing the guys have fun yeah like, one thing you learn i think a lot of coaches would agree i enjoy winning more as a coach than a player uh as a player i always felt like it was kind of a relief like okay i got to another week you know i, I loved it i enjoyed it seeing the guys go out and do stuff that you teach them and seeing them buy in and seeing them do their own stuff to get better um it's the best and there's nothing like a fall day, you know, obviously we're playing in the spring, you know, it'll be a spring day, which will be different. Yeah. Um, 
But um, that feeling, when you see those guys have fun and have success, that's the best feeling. That's awesome. That's I look forward to that more more than anything. You know, my, my time's done. I don't play the game anymore. I, I coach because I said to myself when I was young, I didn't want to work a single day of my life, and I don't. So, like, yeah, yeah it's just I want to see these guys have fun and enjoy it. So that's what I care about. That's great. And that's, that's a, that's a great answer. And I think that's the most important thing coming from a coach's side that you want to see the experience, watch them grow. And, you know, that's, I think that's the most important thing. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. All right. I got two questions left for you and then we'll wrap it up. Sure. All right, what is, I mean, you kind of mentioned, touched upon this, but what's been your favorite part about being in Rhode Island? Uh, have you gone deep sea fishing and stuff like that too? I was going to ask that as well. So I have not gone deep sea fishing. Um, my favorite part of Rhode Island has been exploring Narragansett uh, and then Block Island, like really the, you know, Kingston beach areas. Um, and then my second favorite thing, other than fishing again, about Rhode Island is the food is the best of anywhere I've ever lived. I mean that it is phenomenal. I lived in New York City and New York City pizza, had, it's, it's a whole thing to itself. Like I'm not gonna say that, but like, um, you go down to Providence, Federal Hill, unbelievable. You go to any, any town in Rhode Island, there, there's a, and being an old line guy liking food, there's a restaurant that I've explored and loved and, and you can't beat the food. I, I love it. You know, you're so close to everything up here. That's the cool thing too. You know, like I come, I lived in Pennsylvania, North Carolina. I lived in Florida. Those are all big States. And like, yeah, I find it funny here. And I talk to someone at the school and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go down in Narragansett. They go, oh, yeah, that's a 50 minute drive. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you know, <laughs> Miami to Orlando is a four hour drive. So like, um, I find it hilarious about living in Rhode Island, you know? So, um, yeah, no, just the beauty of the state. It, it's an unbelievable state. So that's, that's it's so much to give you so much to do for such a small state. So, yeah, it, it's awesome. And we got a lot going on. What, um, the, the 50 minute thing make cracks me up because it's like, I, dude, I've like lived in like, oh. bigger areas. It takes longer to get like, I don't, it, uh, it cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that's, a, that's like another place. Like that's like an old other place that you go in. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it is wild to me. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty funny. A lot of people at Brian like that, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go down to like Kingston this weekend. They're like, oh, you know, I haven't been there in a while. I'm like, what's a while? A couple of years. I'm like, my God, like, <laughs> it's wild to me so. it's a small state it takes 45 minutes to get right. here. Like, out of the state like it's it's pretty easy to explore it's pretty funny uh what's your favorite restaurant can you say or? oh man i i don't want to say one because you know i feel like i i would do injustice to all of them <laughs> um, a spot i do like to go to um i won't give my favorite restaurant but a spot i like to go to um two spots wise guys Deli, just because they're local right here. They're incredible. Uh, lady runs it, does an unbelievable job. I enjoy hearing their stuff. Um, Providence Oyster Bar is a spot I like to go down to. Um, I, I, I do like that spot. So, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my favorite restaurants quiet though, because like I said, I don't want to I don't want to pit one against the other. Yeah. <laughs> we, do, we do a lot of official visits at those restaurants so if i say the wrong one i might not be welcome back <laughs> yeah we don't want that to happen we don't want that yeah. to happen. all right last question uh i see in the background is that a 49ers helmet no so that's uh <laughs> i know it's, it's we stole the logo springford high school okay. uh, 
Pace University, Wagner, and then uh, FIU, and then Bryant. So I, I like collecting helmets. Um, yeah. So I always try to, and I got more in my apartment, but I like collecting. Everywhere I coached at, I have the helmet. So that was my high school I played at. You know, we, were, we were the Rams, but for some reason we decided to be cheap. And, you know, back then, they have such cooler helmets now. Everything's better. Turf field, everything since I left there. So I'm happy <laughs> I paved the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Who's your favorite NFL team? Oh man, that's a sad comment. I'm a I'm a I'm a Lions fan only because my favorite animal as a kid was a lion. That's how dumb it is. So <laughs> my whole life I've 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 suffered because of that. It's not it's so, not that dumb. It's, it's tough. So I'm hoping this year they're better. We'll see. I, I don't believe it, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens with them. Well, football season starts tonight as we speak. Yep. So it should be nice to have football and we have basketball we have a bunch of sports so it's kind of getting back to normalcy right yeah somewhat so. yeah, somewhat, yeah just <laughs> one day one day we'll be back to normal but right. coach this has been awesome always welcome back on to the show anytime you want to come back on and just talk anything talk football or talk about the team anytime you're always welcome back on the show but i really appreciate you and appreciate your time awesome Thank you. I appreciate it. It was awesome. Yeah, that's great. All right, Coach. Well, you have a good night, and uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to a game this year and uh, see you guys win, win some games. Awesome. Right. Talk soon. Talk to you soon. And that concludes our interview with Coach Yassi. A lot of fun talking to him. I can't wait to have him back on the show in the near future and just get an update about how things are going at Bryant and, you know, just talking talk to him again. Consider him as a friend for real. Cool, really cool guy. A lot of fun. Really enjoyed our conversation. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Next week, our episode will be coming out on Tuesday because of the three-day weekend uh, upcoming. And our guest that week will be Coach Ryan McCormick, the assistant coach at UMass Dartmouth. I'm looking forward for you guys to hear that one. Really, really great interview with Coach McCormick. Uh, got a, Talked about a lot about football, his coaching career, how he got into it, as well as some recruiting stuff and stuff that he's learned over the past. So just a lot of fun talking to him. But I hope you guys have a great, safe three-day weekend, and we will see you.